morning. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Throwback Thursday on Adam Loves the Man. That's right. Just because we're all status now doesn't mean we can't be fun and cool and hip. I mean, look, I've got I've got an Adidas baseball cap. I've got a I've got a hoodie on. Now you might think, hey, because it's it's Iraq veterans against the war. That's that's a little unusual, Adam. I mean, you're. Positions have really changed over the years. Are, are you still uh, against the, or still an Iraq veteran against the war? Well, actually, yes, I, I am. I was still an Iraq veteran. Obviously, that didn't change. But uh, you know, in, in terms of my 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 new outlook is Adam loves the man. You know, I, I'm actually more uh, in line politically with the typical member. Uh, of Iraq veterans against the war from back in the day. He was, I, like, I really, uh, I really was the turd in the punch bowl as, as, uh, you know, one of the, uh, voices of, of libertarianism in the anti-war movement. By and large, it was, it was very, very, very status dominated. And so, you know, I, I think my, uh, you know, my, my, while my positions have, have gone through, uh, a 180, I, I'm still against the Iraq war just for different reasons. You know, having been there myself and, and seen uh, the, the the loss of American lives, uh, I, I I'm really against the Iraq War because we didn't just bomb the Middle East to glass. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if that's really necessary. I sort of I trust our political leaders to decide what's best to get us all on on onto the same page globally. You know, with uh, with global policies through the United Nations, so that eventually we we have no war at all. But what, what I really want is so that you know I want to end all the wars, I want to end all the conflicts, and end all the rebellions, so that we can have a single unified global government, and that's that's what's going to get humanity marching forward together in lockstep in unity. That's that's what this is all about. And so you know, the the, the war in Iraq. Uh, when you do the numbers about, you know, how much it costs to kill each person, you go, wow, like, this isn't really efficient. And when, when I say I trust, you know, I trust our leadership, I, I mean, in, in this case, like, when, when it comes to, are we going to bring the whole world together? Or are we going to succeed in our status quest to unify humanity under one authority? Some some people need to be killed. Some, some you know, and, and if our government decides that, that they need to die, then then they should die, and our governments could should carry out those wars or executions or or genocides, uh, whatever you want to call them, as efficiently as possible. And so, it, it's when, when I look back, you know, at, at the war in Iraq as a statist. Uh, it, it's very disappointing because of its inefficiency and it, the, the fact that the United States government didn't really, like, you know, it, it, it didn't really do enough rebuilding uh, because what, what we should have done even, yeah, you know, even if you accept the premise that the war in Iraq was a good thing or was necessary, then we, we really failed to capitalize on the opportunity to bring statism to Iraq. And not just any kind of statism, I mean the best kind of statism, America-flavored statism. Uh, we, we could have had, uh, you know, a, a real carbon copy of the American government 
installed over there, managed over there, you know, run by Americans for, I was going to say by Americans for Americans, but for, for the greater good of humanity, you know, and, and if they decide, uh, you know, later at some point, you know, we have to kill every Iraqi, not just the rebellious ones like like happened, uh, you know, then, then you know, like, they, they, can, they can do that later. Again, I, I defer to the judgment of, of the military and, and and our military planners and, and you know, uh, to, just to be on the same page as Donald Trump, uh, I'm against the Iraq war, obviously, for a lot of the same reasons as him. And uh, because our current military leadership now, is, as we see so many people appealing to, uh, is, is, is against the Iraq war, looking back on it and saying that it was a bad idea. I want to make sure that I'm in line with them. And so also, this brings me more in line with, you know, like I said, the rest of the membership of Iraq Veterans Against the War, who, who, uh, who are definitely status themselves and have, have some vision for using government more effectively. So we're going to have some fun with this today. Welcome to the show. Yes, this is our exciting little throwback Thursday. And we get to, uh, we're going we're gonna to have fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things we're going to do, we're going to take the world's smallest political quiz. And, and the world's smallest political quiz is, uh, uh, it's really a libertarian scam. Don't worry, I'll get in there. We're going to do this with, uh, with Comment Jim. Uh, when we get to that part of the show in just a few minutes, first, of course, our promotions. I want to say thank you to our, uh, our corporate sponsors with CigarFederation.com. If you go to CigarFederation.com, you can enter promo code ADAM10, A-D-A-M-1-0, and get 10% off your order. Really great company. Uh, I got involved, of course, with my, my staff sergeant from Rock, Staff Sergeant Kelly, and uh, happy to say that he saved my life more than a few times. Uh, let's get Make Them Debate up there on the screen there, too, CJ. This is a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, the, after the first debate was such a success, uh, I'm a little disappointed that we haven't had, had more, that we haven't had more action. I uh, don't no, get that full screen. I want people to be able to really see the details on that. Uh, there, there, there's a really cool system here where you can create debates, you can sponsor debates, you can make them happen. I'm, I'm truly honored to have a debate manager now. I think, I think it's because uh, what I'm proposing is such a, a beautiful use of, of government violence. That, that people really rally to, to my side right now, are rallying. People are, people are watching Adam. I mean, Adam versus the man was such a loser compared to Adam loves the man. Adam loves the man is getting such a bigger audience because people support statism. I mean, that's, it's the status quo. <laughs> no, like, we like to joke about it like that for a reason. Uh, did, you, did you get, did you get that? Like, it's status quo, but status, you, you see, you see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the status quo uh, is obviously you know, always going to be way more popular. And, you know, that's, that's one of the ways that we get to the truth is, is with that uh, appeal to popularity. I mean, if, uh, if, if the majority is right about something or, or the majority is taking a position on something, they're, they're probably right about it. So we've got, uh, we've got exciting guests today. Uh, a, a candidate from South Dakota running for some libertarian office. He's going to look really dumb. I think his name is CJ, CJ Abernathy, something like that. Um, you know, he's just, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is going to be entertaining, guys. Buckle up. Um, 
So uh, we have some people joining us in the Producers Club. Thank you very much, Blair, keeping that going. If you want to be a part of this quest for truth with Adam Loves the Man, check out our website, Adam Loves the Man. Click on Patreon. I'll take you to our Patreon page for $10 a month. You can join the Producers Club. And uh, with that being said, I guess uh, that's it for our announcement. Let's get Comment Jim on stage. Do we have... Yeah, I know it's early in the show. I got I got through my opener pretty fast there, Jim. But uh, do we have do we have any comments worth responding to yet? Uh, we have a comment that you can respond to. Good morning, fellow status. Good morning, fellow status. Yep, that's all we got. Yeah, you know I think we should we should use this more. The status salute, Jim. You're you're pretty good at that. Where did you learn how to do that? The army. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Those army values shining through. So, Jim, uh, we got we got some we got some news to get through today. Uh, fortunately, it looks like the, the, despite what uh, you know, some of those fear mongering conspiracy theorists, libertarian idiots might have you believe, uh, things are pretty calm right now. Uh, the government has things under control. We're, uh, we're, we're pretty excited about uh, the election coming up next Tuesday. Everything looks like it's going to unroll according to plan. And uh, I'm, I'm still, you know, the, the, the big dilemma here, though, is that I'm, I'm still confused. I still, I still can't choose who to vote for between, uh, between Trump and Biden. I mean, obviously, I'm never going to vote for Jorgensen, the Libertarian candidate. I would be throwing your vote away. It was a total waste of time. But um, between Trump and Biden, they're both such great candidates. You know, I, I really have a hard time deciding which one is going to be able to better apply the levers of, of government power. So why don't we start today's show trying to answer that question? I want to, I want to take comments from the audience on this as well. Uh, I've been really disappointed this week that, that there aren't more positive comments about about our our great leaders Trump and Biden. And I know people think, well, Trump's our great leader. Who do the heck is this challenger? And you know, having having a challenger in your political process like this is an important way for us to figure out the best way forward for society. And I don't want people to forget that Joe Biden is a great American hero who has spent many, many years as a successful uh, Democrat senator growing government. I just almost, I, you know, as he said, his name has been on every crime bill. Uh, you know, he's, 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 he's helped grow and vote for every uh, growing government budget. He's been leading the charge in growing government. And, you know, so, so he's, he's got some chops to compare to Trump here. Where you know Trump is, is, is just you know generally continue the trend of, of government growing, and you know some people think you know that, that, that inherently Democrats are more dependent on this, but like CJ showed us, uh, our producer CJ, uh, not our guest CJ, different one, um, showed us the uh, that that image on screen when we were talking about this uh, a couple days ago with you know how government has grown based you know who was president with the, with the colors with red and blue bars. You know, Obama actually uh, oversaw a, a shrinking in the budget of the federal government. And that's just, 
you know, I mean, talk about betrayal. I mean, Democrats, they really have this strong message of we're going to grow government, we're going to grow government, and when they don't, it's kind of a disappointment. Whereas with the Republicans, they say we're going to shrink government, we're going to shrink government, but you know they don't mean it, right? I mean, you know, it's just like it's part of their it's part of their messaging. Um, so you know, when we 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 really uh, we, you know, I, I, it's like when, when I see these two candidates going at it. I, I mean, Jim, did, did you watch the debates like a good American? Yes. Yes, I, I hinged on every word. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 really it's really it's really tough as a statist watching watching these political debates because it's like uh, you know watching mom and dad fight. And I, and for anybody who experienced that, I'm, I'm I'm sorry to invoke that that traumatic imagery, but uh, I, I if you did experience that, uh, there is an important takeaway is that. You know, families aren't enough. Communities aren't enough. Parents aren't enough. We have to depend uh, on a, a bigger structure of authority in our lives. And, and that's what government is for, to be like the, the super parent of our lives. So, Jim, uh, why don't you help me out with this? And, and, and we'll get to some comments. I'm, I'm sure we're going to have some comments on this later. But let's go ahead and pull up uh, the, the world's smallest political quiz, shall we? Okay. All right, so, so I, I saw this. Someone, someone uh, when they saw the new Adam Loves the Man, they said, Adam, you know, we, we really want to see where you're at politically, and we, we want you to take the world's smallest political quiz from theadvocates.org. And, you know, I, I don't think I ever really understood this test. I used to be uh, a, a fan of this, but I really only supported it because it, it looked like libertarian propaganda to me. And, and now I really understand how how inaccurate it is and how how biased it is. But what I want to what I want to prove to everybody really with this with this segment is that statism can overcome libertarian nonsense with sound reason and logic. So we're going to go through it, and you can see this at theadvocates.org. And I mean, if you if you click on political beliefs at the top. The, the first, can you click on that and pull that, or just hover over that and pull the drop down over where it says political beliefs at the top there? They list libertarian as the first one. And you're like, I mean, this is like, you know, when you have a drop down menu on uh, like a, a, a corporate thing on the internet and it lists all the countries in, in alphabetical order. And then the United States is waiting. You're like, most Americans on Earth live in the United States. Why would you put us at the bottom? That's ridiculous. And and when I look at it, they put authoritarian at the bottom. Like authoritarian is hover over again. Look at that list. Look at this. I want, I want, I want to expose the, the 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 totally inappropriate libertarian bias on this website. Is that they put authoritarian at the bottom of this list? Now, as a statist, I am definitely. And authoritarian, as it describes it here, authoritarians want the government to have a great deal of power over the economy and individual behavior. Hello, advocates, look around you. This is the status quo. This is the majority. This, why don't you put us at the top? This is what people want, is authoritarianism. So anyway, they, they, they put libertarian at the front. Like, there aren't any libertarians out there. I mean, there's this, like, you know, noisy... 
group of rebel idiots, but like they're not, they're not very, I mean, they barely exist. And then they've got uh, progressive, conservative, moderate, um, you know, and, and, and I respect that, that there are people who describe themselves as progressive or conservative as, or, or moderate. Um, but, uh, they're all really statists too. And, and so I, I want to accept them in, you know, the authoritarian umbrella. And, and, and again, this, one of the things that the advocates is doing, you know, is they're, they're getting, there's this very simple reality. Either, either you're a libertarian or you're an authoritarian. And that, that means either, either you're a crazy idiot rebel or you're, you're a team player, right? And and what they're doing is taking this this really simple truth and and making it unnecessarily complicated and confusing people. But we're gonna we're gonna make it easy to understand for all the other statists in the audience. So Jim, why don't, why don't you read us the questions and and, and uh, I'll, I'll do the answers here. Okay, fair enough. Question number one: Government should not censor speech, press, media, or internet. Agree, oh, that, maybe, that, or disagree. Yeah, so, I mean, this is an obvious one, right? I mean, we know that if the government didn't tell us how to think and what to think, if the government didn't run our school system, if the government didn't control our media, if the, if the government, you know, wasn't able to keep dangerous ideas away from us, where would we be as a people? Where, where would we – that doesn't make any sense to have – uh, you know, to, to, to expect everybody to think for themselves. And I just want to point out, again, this test is, is so biased because government should not censor speech, press, media, or Internet. Take the not out of there, and now you have a true statement that you can say, do you acknowledge this truth as opposed to this sort of trick language? So on this one, definitely disagree. Okay, question number two. Military service should be voluntary. There should be no draft. Well, that's ridiculous. And I'm, I, this is what I got. You know, a lot of Americans um, are, are afraid today uh, about terrorism, uh, as they should be. A lot of Americans today are afraid of, of Europeans, as, as we should be. A lot of Americans today are afraid of, of, of Asians. As we should be. A lot of Americans today are afraid of Mexicans, as we should be. And I, I, uh, I mean, Canada's cool, but you know, we need to be afraid of the rest of these countries. And and a lot of people are afraid because they think our government doesn't have the power to draft people. And and that's absolutely not true. We have the Selective Service as something that you have to register for uh, as a male when you turn 18 in this country. And that's a great thing. That's just uh, that, that's, that's, that, that, if it wasn't for that, how would the government keep us safe from all these dangerous foreigners, all these, uh, all these dangerous threats in the world? And, you know, like in, in, in Iraq, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm against the war because it wasn't big enough or decisive enough, uh, or, or get us to world, you know, it wasn't really capitalized, uh, on enough to get us to world government, but I, I'm definitely grateful that the government and the military had the power uh, when they felt like it or when they felt that, excuse me, when they felt it necessary during the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan to stop lost troops and keep them there longer than their contracts 
had uh, w- would suggest they were obligated to. So they were essentially it was it was um, you know so, some people criticizing it called it a backdoor draft, and I was like, yeah, isn't that awesome? We have like well, there's the, it's like it's not technically a draft, but it is a kind of you know when the government says no, we need troops, uh, they get troops, and, and that's that's absolutely important for for protecting America and keeping us safe. So. Uh, definitely disagree on this. And again, you know, voluntary. The, 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 I got uh, Jim. Before you check this one and move on, I, I got to address the language in this. The military service should be voluntary. Well, when the government drafts you and tells you you have to serve or else, you voluntarily show up. You don't make them come to your door. You go. Well, you say I have been called by government to go kill foreigners. I'm gosh darn it. I'm going to go kill foreigners for government. So it's all, even with the draft, it's totally voluntary. So, you know, again, very dangerous, misleading, libertarian language. So, yeah, disagree on that one, Jim. Got it, Mark. Number three, there should be no laws regarding sex between consenting adults. Now, you know, consent is... uh, Consent is a bit of a tricky issue here because, you know, a lot of times society, and I think about this more in relationship to authority as a status than between individuals, uh, but it's, it's really not about consent. It's about who's in charge. Uh, and, and when government says that, like right now under COVID, um, you know, it, and in, in New York, in some of the health guidelines that have been put out around COVID, uh, they specifically mentioned no, um, how do I say this delicately, uh, anal to oral contact because that can spread COVID unwittingly. And so, you know, I, I think if, if the government doesn't have the power, you know, and, and, and I should say, historically speaking, uh, laws regarding sex between consenting adults uh, concerned uh, homosexuality, other deviant sexual things like interracial sex, uh, which government has decided is no longer deviant, uh, which is also it's okay now, but back when that was deviant behavior, if and society wasn't ready for it, if government didn't have the power to intervene in, in sexual relationships, then, you know, I mean, who knows what chaos we would have. And, and even today, we see with, with Corona, uh, COVID-19, we see the need for government to maintain this power for, uh, you know, laws regarding sex between consent, consenting adults, uh, where, you know, we see in a lot of places are saying, yeah, you can, you can have sex uh, or sexual intercourse, but you have to be wearing a mask while you're doing it. So there's no, you know, spreading of droplets during that intercourse. And, I mean, if we didn't have government pointing this stuff out to us, uh, you know, sex would be a lot more dangerous, both for us as individuals and for society. So absolutely disagree on this one. Okay. I'm picking up on a trend here. Number four, repeal laws prohibiting adult possession and use of drugs. Yeah, I I, I mean – this is, again, really dangerously biased libertarian language that, I mean, look at this. Repeal laws prohibiting adult possession of use or drugs, use of drugs, and you get agree, maybe, or disagree. Where is the option for give us more laws about use of drugs? I, I mean, like, I, 
I I find myself, you know, looking at, at WebMD and you know I and I wish I could just go to the the FDA website. You know, I go to my WebMD, I go to doctors. You know, sometimes I get conflicting opinions. Sometimes you know I I I try to do as little research for myself as possible. And and so I want I, you know I, I want someone to be able to tell me what's safe and what isn't. And the fact that I can't just call the FDA and be like, can you, can you uh, design a, a drug and diet program for me, uh, please? Like, you know, like, uh, like that's that, considering, well, I don't know, maybe we should be paying more in taxes so that we can get that. But, uh, you know, I, again, I, I, I just, with this one, uh, you see how, how deceptive libertarians are in framing the argument because they don't give us the rational status choice uh, of, of not just, you know, because like right now we're just, we're kind of uh, half-butting it. Uh, I, you know, we can't really go full, full-throated in our, in our endorsement uh, of the system that we have today because libertarians are pulling crap like this. And we really need to make sure that, that we defeat these dangerous ideas so that we can get government giving us more laws about possession and use of drugs. Obviously, that's, that's what Americans really want. And, Jim, I, so I, I believe this is sort of an insufficient answer to the question, but I will say disagree. Newly noted. Moving on, number five. Government should not target, detain, and deport undocumented workers. I mean, they shouldn't have to, right? Like, uh, you know, I, 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 I wish we had, you know, we had, we had better border security, you know, so that we have a, a stronger sense of, of national identity. Uh, nationalism, uh, you know, uh, as a nationalism is really uh, a confused term these days. Some people use this term nationalism and, and think that it's about, uh, you know, differentiating identities, like your nation separate from another nation, but that's not true. What it's really about is, is coming together in, 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 a, in, a, in a fascist society, communism, socialism, all of that together under a nation defined by a government. And, and, and really what that is, that, that fundamental value of nationalism really is the same as the fundamental value of globalism. And so, like, I want to promote nationalism as a means of getting to, to that kind of globalism. And, but even with globalism, even in, in an ideal statist global government, you're going to have to keep certain populations boxed in and controlled. I mean, just for economic planning purposes. So uh, today, you know, it, 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 while, while I have this, this other ideal that at some point government will be so strong that targeting, detaining, and deporting undocumented workers is unnecessary until we get to the point where every human being on earth is in their right box on the map, then uh, I, I 100% support government targeting, detaining, and deporting uh, undocumented, again, this, this biased libertarian language, undocumented 
workers. It was just like civil disobedience. No, undocumented workers. These are freaking criminals. You know, and, and as Donald Trump said, they're sending rapists and murderers. Uh, you know, they're not sending their best people. So we need to make sure that all of the, the, the government has the power to target, attain, and deport these undocumented workers. So on this one, again, disagree is just not, you know, again, logic of statism dictates disagree, but uh, it, it really just is not even uh, a strong enough response to this question, Jim. But uh, let's, let, let's uh, now, Jim, you, you said earlier that you were noticing a pattern. Uh, there is a pattern here because this is a quiz put together by libertarians. This is, uh, there, there's a pattern of, of libertarian bias here that, that, that really, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't think this is, you know, really going to be an, an act. Obviously, in, in terms of capturing, uh, you know, a, a consistent worldview based on statism as, as, as I have, uh, it, it really is insufficient. So I don't think this political quiz is going to be, you know, especially accurate, uh, but it, because of its libertarian bias. But we're again, we're showing. I hope I hope our listeners can appreciate that what we're showing here is that with with solid statist logic and reason, the libertarian position can really be easily dismissed. So let's let's get on to the next section, Jim. Economic issues. Economic issues. Taxpayers should not be responsible for student loan debt. Yeah, I mean, this is what, what they're trying to say here uh, is that you don't have some collective responsibility to the herd. And this is one of the most dangerous things about libertarianism is that, you know, they want you to be able to decide for yourself how you relate to the rest of society and how, you know, what your, what your obligation is. And you know what? Most people just, even, even me, like, I don't know. When government says you need to pay us this much in taxes, I generally say, well, let me round up just to be safe. But, you know, I, I can't figure these things out. We need a collective decision-making process even to figure out what your individual commitment to society is, to the herd. And so what, what, what these, these insidious uh, they're not as clever as they think they are. These libertarians, what they're, what they're saying here is that when, when government creates uh, a program where, you know, one sector of society or, or taxpayers in general uh, take on this responsibility for a specific sector, they, they, they try to say you're not responsible. But you know what? This is nonsense. We're, we're all in this together. And when our leaders say, hey, we need to pull together on this issue, taxpayers need to be responsible for student loan debt. If that's like, again, this isn't an ideal situation. Uh, you know, and, and as per one of the planks of the Communist Manifesto, government should run education. And, you know, we, we've, we're, we're almost there in America today. You know, we're, we're really close. You know, governments run uh, the majority of schools, uh, from, you know, birth to through age 18 through high school. And I mean, that's great. That's a, that is a huge accomplishment that humanity has gotten that far. But, you know, when you get to higher education, there's still some, you know, and again, like I said, we're most of the way there. In higher education, 
We have a lot of state systems. California, great example with the UCs. But we, we still have a lot of private universities. And, and, and as a result, we have this pay-for-college pay system. Um, and, and that's just, it, like I said, we're not all, that's, that's the last step for America to get to fully uh, socialized education, to fully realize the uh, communist plank uh, that, that Marx laid out in his manifesto. So uh, it, it, I think actually this is, this is not just, um, you know, a good thing that taxpayers take on responsibility for current student loan debt because government was kind of like pushing society in the right direction with, with government-backed student loans, making, you know, government. And I think part of the plan sort of secretly here was to make college so expensive by subsidizing the government loans that eventually the people see the wisdom of trusting government with the entire education system, and you don't have to pay for any education whatsoever. It's all just, I mean, I don't want to say free, but, you know, it's, it's, it's taken care of by the government. So um, absolutely taxpayers should be responsible for student loan debt. And you see there, it's just, it's just you know, if, if the government says you need to pay for this for somebody else, then do it. Like, why would you resist that? You know, so again, you see the simple status logic dictates uh, that th this statement is absolutely true if you take the not out of it. You take the not out of it. Again, taxpayers should not be responsible for student loan debt. That's what the website says. That's what the libertarians say. That's absolutely nuts. You take the not out of it, and now you have a true statement. So here, Jim, I got to go again, disagree. Got it. Okay. Next question in the economy block. Government should not be responsible for providing health care. Well, then who? I mean, you really want to leave something so important to the people? No, I mean, that's absurd. That's absurd. I mean, you just look at, uh, you know, where we're going and, and, you know, who has the best health care in America today? Government employees, right? Uh, government employees, uh, and, and of course, some, you know, some corporate employees as well. But you know, those are the ones in America who have access to, to really good healthcare. So, if we want good healthcare for everybody, the obvious answer is have the government employ everybody. And if, if we have to all take corporate jobs with corporations that are essentially extensions of government, until then, you know, so be it. But obviously, the goal here is to have the best healthcare for everybody. So everybody should be a government employee. Everybody should be on a government health care plan. So, uh, again, they, they put this not. They give you the true statement here, very obvious. Government should be responsible for providing health care. And then these crazy libertarians put the word not in there, and you go, what are you, what are you trying to do here? So, yeah, Jim, disagree. Got it. Okay. Uh, let people control their own retirement. Privatized Social Security. All right. Now this is this is a really tempting one because a, a lot for for a lot of a lot of statists uh, are 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 very tempted to take the libertarian position when they hear some numbers. And I don't. I'm not here to argue math. Um, it's it's definitely true that if you took the money that you put into Social Security and instead of letting government hold it as as is is the you know the the, the status quo today. 
uh, if you instead invested that in, in private investments, you know, oh, look at what skyrocketed, you'd have so much more wealth. But, you know, and, and, and those numbers might be true. I, I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. Uh, but we're, we're going to uh, have to calculate for all the other external factors when you're gonna, if you're going to take the position that that's better as if that exists in a bubble because it just it doesn't. Okay, look, you know, you might be able to retire as a millionaire living off the you know dividends from your investments if you invested them yourself, but you're a lot safer with the government holding that money in a lockbox. For Social Security, it is way safer that government holds that money for you. And here's the here's this there's this whole other thing that that blows this you know private retirement concept out of the water, which is that when government gets to hold your money for you, remember there's this collective effort. There are all these great thinkers in government, and that's why they can spend your money for you better than you can spend it for yourself. And when we come together as a nation and we have all this money with Social Security in this in this lockbox, that means government is able to go inside the lockbox, take that money out, and use it for a war when they need to protect you from evildoers abroad. They, they can use that for corporate bailouts when they need to bring corporations closer to the authority of government. They, they, they can go into that lockbox and, and use that money for retirement funds for members of Congress so we know that you know, government agents are, are, are going to be uh, adequately compensated or, or for, uh, you know, pension and, and you know, retirement and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, the, this idea of private, privatizing Social Security, no, that, I mean, obviously that would defeat, defeat the point. So, um you know, I, again, the libertarians use very deceitful language here. They say, let people control their own retirement. Um, well, the government is the people. And so I, in that sense, I agree with this rhetorically, but I, I, I see what they're trying to do here. Because they, they're saying, let people as individuals control their own retirement. And that's, you know, or let them come together in their own groups. And, and that's ridiculous because... As we've seen throughout human history, when people are grouped together under governments, they're able to get so much more done. So, yes, people should control their own retirement through their governments, through Social Security, not through privatizing. So, Jim, put me down for a disagree on this. That's a firm disagree. Very firm. Place government welfare with private charity. Yeah, I mean, this is, you're, you're always going to have government welfare. Like the state, you know, death and taxes, right? And, and uh, we should embrace both of those. But uh, taxes really uh, and welfare go hand in hand. You know, governments are always going to use part of what they, they uh, what society gives them to give back for the good of society. And there's this, you know, the, the more, centralized that decision-making process can be, the more efficient and effective it's going to be. And, and already, like, just in this, in this question, so, you know, just to rephrase it in reality, it's sort of like, should we, should we have a two-tiered system? Should we have government welfare and private charity? 
No, I mean, come on, that's that's ridiculous. So replace government welfare with private charity in and of itself. That's just silly. I mean, it's not even realistic. And what what they're what they're really just advocating for here is, is pulling, a, you know, minimizing government welfare and having this second tier of inefficient, ineffective, unregulated charity that they call, you know, private charity. So no, disagree. Got it. Okay. Cut taxes and government spending by 50% or more. Well, this is a, this is a silly, stupid question. It's, it's kind of arbitrary. 50% or more? Why not grow it by 50 I mean, if the goal is, like, so like right now, you know, the average working American is only working for government about half the year. Now, this is when, when you add it all up, you know, what you see in your taxes and, and you know, on your W-2 forms and, and things like that, uh, the government is actually doing a lot more for you than just that. And I, I know a lot of Americans, like, see, a lot of Americans don't realize just how awesome government is. And I think this is an important part about what we do here with Adam Loves the Man is that we take the time to appreciate how incredible government is. I mean, Paying taxes and, 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 and contributing to a civilized society is, is a noble thing that we choose to do as individuals to, to be better Americans, right? And, and, and so, we, you know, we think we're just we're doing a good thing. We're being proactive, and, and, you know, when we sign up for deductions and we work and we make sure that the government is taking that money out of our paychecks every month. But if, if you – I mean – it's sort of like finding out you had a secret Santa, getting a special product. So if you're if you're if you're the average working American, you might think, oh, you know, I'm mean, yeah, I get I get 25, 30 percent, whatever it is, pulled out of my paycheck, and and uh, that's great. You know, like I'm 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 happy that um, of of what I contribute energetically and in resources and in energy and labor to society, that uh, you know I'm, I'm able to take a big chunk of that. And make sure that it's used more efficiently and more effectively through government. But here's the here's the surprise: you're, you're actually contributing a lot more than that. And government, like they, I don't know if, if politicians are kind of like waiting for this big reveal to be like, "No, look how awesome we are! You thought well, we were only using about twenty five percent of your income for for the greater good, but it's actually over half." And so when you add up, like you know, you, you think about all the the um, Money that Americans give to government for, you know, vehicle registration, for property taxes, for sales taxes, and for, you know, all of the taxes in, in consumer products and built into that, and tolls and so on. The average working American is actually working for the government over half the year. I'm like, how awesome is that? We're halfway there. We're halfway there, people. We can keep this going. Like, this is, a, this is awesome. So I hope that at some point politicians... Uh, you know, are confident enough to, to come out and, and say this directly and, and say, let's let's get America on the same page. And so, you know, the, the, like, why would you, like, cut it from three? I mean, if you cut taxes and government spending by 50% or more, as this question suggests in this, with the, the, this absurd proposal, uh, you know, that you would have uh, you know, now the average American is only contributing 25%. That's why it's just a huge step back. But you know, like, why not? Why not just? Why not just take it to zero percent? Why not just go to the Stone Ages? You know, why not take us back to hunter-gatherer society 
where where people can you know don't have any government. I mean that would be that would just that at least if, if libertarians were more consistent, that that's what they would say here, right? But no, so my my proposal is that we uh, basically double uh, government uh, taxes and spending uh, un- until effectively every American is directly a government employee. And, you know, I'm not I'm not too picky whether you know whether you know on the way there we maintain you know the, the this illusion uh, of private businesses like we have today. And by the way, we we have sort of a split system. Most corporations in America today. Are, are effectively agencies of government where they get special tax privileges, deductions, um, and, and, and corporate advantages and things like that. And some businesses, like smaller corporations, are, I mean, obviously the bigger the better. And as, as, as we see more businesses conglomerate, they become more in line with government. And, you know, so, so there's sort of this illusion right now that major corporations in America are, are, are truly private businesses. And I think that, that, that illusion is helping us transition uh, away from the free market system, free market system to, to more of a, uh, a, a fascist corporatist system. And if on the way there we maintain this illusion that we have now uh, of these you know, major economic functions being handled by private corporations, you know, I, I'm okay with that. But yeah, uh, obviously, cut taxes and government spending by fifty percent or more, as the quiz asks. No, disagree. Okay, and last but certainly not least, bonus question. Before we show your results, which of these do you think best reflects your views? They have six choices libertarian progressive moderate conservative authoritarian or unsure no definitely authoritarian that's easy statism authoritarianism corporatism socialism communism uh yeah fascism whatever whatever i I mean i i I like statism today because it's it's not as i mean we, we put slavery here in the logo because you know, we really want you know, like a positive slavery, like an enslavement to authority, which is you know a, a way of describing people coming together in this collective harmony, um, not not a kind of individualist, disorganized you know concept of slavery. Uh, but you know, people people aren't you know may, our audience with Adam loves the man is happy to see slavery used properly the way that we use it. Um, you know, most most people aren't ready to hear uh, the words fascism or or even authoritarian, and that's I think that's why the libertarians put this in here is that they they want you to think of authoritarian you know as as, as a as a bad word. Well, but it's it's a good authority. It's authority based on you know collective buying. It's an authority based on popularity through the popular vote, and and that's. Like that's what gives government its legitimate authority. So you know this. Is, you know I, I wish we could come out and, and call it fascism, like like Mussolini did as, as corporatism, because that actually describes our current system. Um, but you know if I got to call myself a statist for now, and, and if that makes me authoritarian on this quiz, uh, then then we'll check the authoritarian box. I'm okay with that. Fair enough. So the results are authoritarian, as you self. 
appointed yourself. Anyways, you're all the way yeah. at the bottom of the diamond. Uh, congratulations, you are 100% authoritarian. Yep, yep. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and so I, I hope you guys uh, appreciate, I hope our audience appreciates that what we have demonstrated, again, by taking this quiz, is that uh, we, we really showed how just really basic statist logic and reasoning can you know de- defeat even this sort of tricky you know, libertarian wording that's that's trying to subvert the truth. So Jim, do, do we have any comments about this? Anybody anybody want to weigh in on this? You know anybody else in uh, you know in, in the audience? Excuse me, take take the quiz with us while we were doing it. Yeah, well, empty empty matter chimed in. He said each answer keeps giving me goosebumps of joy. Yeah, 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 and and just again, part of what we we love doing here with Adam loves the man is just showing how silly you know all, anybody who's not on the same page as government is, and this is this is a fun exercise in that. Craig Darty, Craig Darty. Suggests I wish the government would make libertarians wear a scarlet L so I could stay away from their manipulations. You know, Craig, it's tempting to think <clears throat> that uh, you know libertarians should be identified and and uh, you know the, the way that. Uh, the, the Jews and witches and you know, other subversives have been identified in the past. But I think libertarians are so pathetic and irrelevant that that's not going to be necessary. And right now, a lot of them are outing themselves anyway. You know, if you see people, while we have the corona mask mandates on, if you see people out there not wearing a mask, that's someone to avoid. That's a, that's a dangerous subversive right there. Uh, if you see someone in public not wearing a mask, uh, you know, and you need to report them to the authorities as soon as possible. Uh, and I, I like, you know, it's tempting to think, oh, let's let's mark them all. But I think we're at the point where where government is strong. We don't have to mark them. We can just beat them. We'll be okay. If, if we all pull together. If we all pull together and follow Karen's wonderful example, uh, if, we, if we all really, uh, you know, if you see something, say something, right? If, if you see someone being libertarian, uh, report them to the authorities. And uh, I, I, I think that's uh, going to be more effective than, than trying to pursue some kind of uh, branding pro- program, especially because libertarianism is so weak in and of itself as an ideology, uh, most people who, uh, you know, you talk to as libertarians, when you talk to them and, and you give them and you preach the truth of statism to them, uh, they convert very easily. And, uh, you know, it, 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 they don't go the other way. Once you learn the truth about government, you know, you don't get to forget it. So if you see one of those libertarians, you know, out there on the streets, you know, I hope that you can be a good statist and reach out to them and help cure them of their libertarianism because that's, that's uh, it's very easy to do. It's so much more effective. 
Uh, and if you can't, you know, like like with the mask example, if you, if you go to someone with a mask or without a mask on and, and you ask them to wear a mask, they might say, oh, whoops, I forgot. Don't worry, I'm a status too. And they put the mask on and, 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 then, and then you know you're okay. But if, if they try to argue with you, and uh, and they don't submit within a few exchanges, call the police, call security, call the authorities on them. And, uh, you know, they'll – our government has its own kind of re-education program to bring people in line with the authorities one way or another, and I think we should trust them when we call them to be able to do that. Good call, good call. Yeah, uh, Michelle Ness says we should let the government handle them. Government solves everything. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate that. Yep. Uh, when they, we were talking about the elections before, 1054 chimed in. He said the only negative about an election is that there's a loser, and we miss out on their others' potentially great leadership. He wishes there was a better way. Well, uh, you know, I mean, that is winners and losers, that's war. That raises some, some delicate questions for sure because, oh, wow. You know, I, want, I mean, I want to make sure that we have, you know, the best leadership possible and, and, and collective decision-making. And, you know, we still have to decide upon a single figurehead that we can all agree on so that we can all say this is the best person in America and this is who we should follow without question. Um, but, you know, to your point there, or to, to the commenter's point, th there actually is a pretty good process of this in the United States where you see in uh, Republican and Democrat primaries, for example, that often the losers still win by getting cabinet positions or, or other important positions in government. So it's not really as simple as, as winners and losers, and, and, and I, while I, I understand your uh, your critique uh, of the system there, I, I think we have a we have a pretty good decision collective decision making uh, process in place. Obviously, it could be a lot more efficient. Uh, like we said on the show uh, Tuesday, it would be better if, like for example, only police and government employees were. I mean, we're voting on government policy. Why should the rest of us have any say in it? Uh, it, it really should just be, you know, police and, and soldiers and, and other government employees who get to vote. Um, you know, I mean, since, since they're, they're, they're the ones making decisions for the rest of us anyway in terms of policy, you know, they should get to decide who our political leadership is. Yeah, yeah, that's in line with uh, what 006 Darty was saying. Well, sort of. He's saying voting is so obsolete, most of us aren't that knowledgeable. The politicians themselves should just choose who's the president. Yeah. Think about that. that well, I mean, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, we, are, we are entering a brave new world where, you know, I'm tempted to go into all the ways that technology can make different means of collective decision-making available, but... Uh, until then, you know, we can just celebrate the statism that we have. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and our guest is backstage, uh, C.J. Abernathy, running for some position somewhere, is it? All right. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go to our guest. Our guest today on Adam Loves the Man is a 
a true punk, uh, a, a miscreant, uh, a, a loser who just can't seem to give up libertarianism. His commitment to this message is uh, absurd. It's it's just you know it confronted with the truth of statism over and over again. He refuses to to give up on this silly idea of freedom. So you know this is why you know when 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 we evolved with uh, with from Adam versus the man to Adam loves the man, we had to fire CJ. And I, I, I hate to to sort of you know have to preface this interview with the note of uh, you know a personal disclaimer here. But you know, I have I have a personal beef with with CJ for not being a good follower, uh, for not coming along with statism. Even again, like just given the truth uh, of this, I, I've asked him to to give up his race. Uh, he's running for District 23 Senate in, uh, in 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 the great state of South Dakota, and you know what? He he has no respect for his home state. Even it's disgusting. He calls it Meth Dakota. And, uh, you know, he's just, you know, because, because the, you know, I, I, I'm, he, he sent in this introduction that he wants me to read here on the air. And, you know what, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do this because he's attacking Governor Christy Nome because, you know, she said that everybody in South Dakota is on meth. And that's not true. It's just, it's just a rumor. And that, that CJ would be critical of the, 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 the local dear leader. In, in South Dakota is you know, really just shameful. Um, his, his own podcast, of course, uh, is Internet Warlords. If, if you're still interested, I mean, I, I know some people, you know, when, when, you, when you go to the opposite of the truth, you know, and, and you examine that, it, it reaffirms your, your confidence in the truth sometimes. When they, if you're ever questioning or unsure, and so if, if you're unsure at all about uh, statism and, and, and the message of Adam loves the man, and, and you need that, you know, libertarian punching bag, you need that libertarian foil, uh, his, his podcast, Internet Warlords, is a great example of how wrong libertarians are about everything. Um, he calls it the war for the Internet. There's no war for the Internet. The government already has complete control. I mean, just look at how... Uh, affect you know and, and CJ I hope you're censored next. Uh, I, I I can only hope that you go through uh, the the same experience uh, that I did where censorship wakes you up to the virtue of authority and statism. So I do have to point out there I do have some nice things to say about CJ. He's uh, he's he's a Marine Corps combat veteran like myself. He volunteered to kill for politicians, which is awesome. And uh, he's an Iraq and Afghanistan veteran, a Purple Heart recipient, and uh, he's got a bachelor's degree in IT, information technology, with a focus on software engineering. And, you know, CJ, uh, I hope you can learn from, from this interview and see that, you know, you've really gone astray from where you, you used to be in terms of, of service to the man. But, uh, you know, I also hope that our audience in, in the course of this interview gets to see just how ridiculous uh, his libertarian ideals are. So, uh, CJ, thank you for playing the punching bag today. Welcome to Adam Loves the Man.
Uh, you know, Adam, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, being a guest on your show was always a goal of mine. Uh, you know, we miss you back in reality. We miss you back in the freedom movement. We miss you, uh, you know, just overall. In fact, a lot of people don't think you're the real Adam Kokesh. No, you know, I don't know. Don't even try it, CJ. This is more than no, 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 I'm not gonna. I'm not, no, 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 no. Don't make this about me. This interview is about you. Okay, yeah, but no, no you're, trying, you're trying to suck me back in with your lies. No, we're gonna expose your lies, <laughs> CJ. How, was, how did you become uh, sucked into this? dangerous, subversive movement of libertarianism in the first place. Uh, you know, After being such a good, obedient, status marine. Well, you know, Adam, uh, I was sucked in by other libertarians who told me, hey, you own yourself. Hey, CJ, you uh, hang out with a lot of libertarians. You might be a libertarian yourself. Hey, CJ, take this quiz real quick. You know, only Adam Kokesh can make a one-minute quiz last 37 minutes. Uh, you know, uh, it's a it's an interesting time to be a libertarian in a statist world. Uh, you know, just as libertarians, we only seek a world of liberty, you know, a world in which individuals are sovereign over their own lives and are not forced to sacrifice their values or beliefs to others. And yeah, so you're talking about anarchy and chaos. Obviously, that's we respect for individual rights and an prosperous world. You know that that force and fraud must be banished. I'm sorry, you broke up for a second there, CJ. Did you say that government is a, is a necessary force? No, for, for no prosperity. Because I I couldn't agree with you more. No, definitely not. It's a, actually to have true freedom, uh, you can you, you can only have that without government force and fraud, and it must be banished from all human relationships, really, in order to be successful. CJ, in our- CJ, I mean, I like you. I know, I know that. Look, stop, stop, stop. I know that's tempting. I know that's that's pretty language and all for for some people, you know, for for the, those kinds of hippie delusions. You know, I'm just right. curious. Domino's builds more roads than uh, Adam Kokesh builds. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm just here, like I said, to uh, seek the world and build it where individuals are free to follow their own dreams, Adam. You know, that, that we don't have to be subservient to an omnipotent government. You know, uh, we and the, the members of the Libertarian Party challenge the cult of the omnipotent state and, and defend the rights of individuals, Adam. You know, and again, you know, to, to say that libertarianism is stupid... Is, is is really the most ignorant uh, form of political speak you can have. I mean, uh, to be perfectly honest, Adam, I don't think anybody really likes status Adam. And, and I think that status Adam is a stupid form of Adam. Hey, and hey, fact, no, 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 no. You, you call me ignorant, and then you go into personal attacks because you have no argument. He was a personal attack. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just going to tell status Adam to eat a dick. Yeah, because you have no argument, obviously. And I'll bet you have no policy either. I'll bet you don't even care. Like, I mean, yeah, you, the only reason you would want the, your, your fellow South Dakotans to have this 
freedom is because you don't care about them and you don't yeah. want them to be unified under Governor Nome. So I, I don't know. Do, do you actually have any policies that you would, you would pursue as a as a senator in 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 South Dakota? Well, see, the first thing a job of a senator would be if they were truly about freedom is to be a voice of the people, not a voice of government. So, yeah, again, avoiding the question. No, not avoiding the question, Adam. I'm prefacing your question with no a, Wow. New status Adam is definitely a dick, though. I, I, you know, I, I signed up for Adam versus the man. I was I was producing the most sensitive. Again, no policy. No policy. No policy. And then somehow this is what was produced as a result of statism. And, I mean, honestly, Adam, uh, I'm here in the freedom wagon waiting for the real Adam Kokesh show. Oh, you're going to – man, let me just – here, you know what? Let me remove you from the screen since I still got that power. Hold on. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, statist Adam here is uh, – well, more or less on the lines uh, – is, is, is going to give me his platform to talk about personal liberty, self-ownership, our, our issues for libertarianism about expression and communication, privacy. I've got policies for all of these things, but the statist result is to – do exactly what he's doing. You see, in the first minute, here's a long intro about how I'm stupid. But when I tell him he's stupid, oh, God, look at the triggered Adam go. But uh, as far as personal relationships go, you heard him uh, say that government should be able to regulate you in your bedroom. We have a whole platform on, on personal relationships uh, that we I could dive into. But, again, you know, the, the statist mindset that I'm exposing here today is that they cut you off and do not even give you the chance to formulate a logical response, and they just use these hit piece media tactics, I guess, is, is the best way to describe what, uh, what statist Adam is doing here today. But, again, you know, as far as which policies would I want to talk about, I, we got parental rights, crime and justice. I could go through, uh, you know, we just oppose the death penalty here in, here in Meth, Dakota, uh, because everyone's on meth, because, you know, our omnipotent leader said that we need to spend money on, on meth campaigning advertising. You know, these are all things that I could talk about spending. I could talk about all the, the libertarian plank platforms that a guy could swallow down in a whole interview. But, again, uh, this, yes, this is the loony libertarian that wants to have recreational nuclear warheads. If the government should be able to own it, you should too. And the government owns nuclear warheads. Therefore, I believe if we have a true Second Amendment, then uh, the individual should be able to own recreational nuclear warheads. So, uh, that I mean, thanks, comment, Jim, for, for uh, doing that. But... Uh, you know, any anything else uh, the, from the comments, I'm going to get a better conversation just taking over the platform than I am having a conversation with Statist Adam. Yeah, nothing about policy for South Dakota. You're libertarian, you're delusional. All you want to talk about is your fantasies, nothing practical. Right, yes, because it's delusional to think that the government is is, is perfect. So, well, yeah. again, no practical policy. Let's hear it. You have, you have practical policy for South Dakota? Yeah, it's called Let People Be Free. It's called releasing the What would you do as senator? What, what's your priority? What would you actually do as senator? A bill that makes all taxes voluntary. All taxes are voluntary. You choose to pay taxes. That's crazy. What are you talking about? You know, if you choose to have zero, if you pay, if you, like, let's say I choose to pay zero in taxes to this shitty government that Adam keeps praising. 
you know, I, I can choose to say, no, no, my dollars are, my, my, well, my fiat currency is going to stay with me, and I'm not going to give it back to this, this government. Taxes being voluntary would be hey, the you first. Turn around. You, choose, you choose to live in South Dakota. You choose to live in America. You choose to enjoy those privileges. If you don't like it. No, these are not privileges. Now. These are right. You can get out. You can choose to leave and not pay those taxes. That means they're voluntary. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's not true at all. That's not true at all. But yeah, you, the statist mindset is to just say the lie and to just perpetuate it because you just say it a thousand times. It's cool. Don't worry. <laughs> all right, we have some more help from the audience here, Mr. Statist. The government is perfect. Don't be wrong. <laughs> just say a statement and then be oh, like, yeah, yeah. We're working on it. But CJ, I want to point out to our audience, CJ is one of these dangerous libertarians slowing yeah. humanity down in the process of perfecting government. Craig Darty, this man is a danger to society, absolutely. Why is he walking around freely? I wanted to visit South Dakota to see that great idol of our four great leaders, not if people like him are there, too dangerous. Yeah, so like uh, – Again, this is why we have to make sure that libertarians don't win so that we can keep worshiping statist idols like uh, Governor Nome wants us to with Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore is such an important piece of American history and American statism. Uh, you know, CJ, you should be grateful to live in the state of South Dakota where you have this incredible heritage of statist idolatry, where you are, where people are creating, I mean, it is, it is, it is one of the greatest monuments to statism in, 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 in American history that you have Mount Rushmore there. Um, how, did you, how did you grow up so close to this glorification of our leadership and, and so fail to grasp the virtue of statism? Well, see, first and foremost, Adam, I'm not a member of the herd, and I don't claim to be a member of the herd. In fact, I think the herd is filled with a bunch of stupid idiots that wouldn't know freedom from slavery if it was put right in front of them. I mean, just take a look at who's hosting this show. It has no clue about what freedom actually is anymore. This is a – when I signed up for this interview, it was when you were still libertarian Adam Kokesh. And, and again, I know uh, the transformation for you through censorship has been a tough one where you are adopting these status principles. But, you know, when you really break down libertarianism fundamentally at its whole, Adam, the, the thing that comes down to is either you are for – the state or against the state, right? That's you're, you're saying I'm the bad guy because I I think statism is bad, and you say I'm the bad guy because libertarianism is bad. Uh, you know, you're you're doing exactly what you're saying. I just want that to be identified for the record. But with that being said, the difference between me and status Adam is that I believe that you are the one that should control your life, not government. He takes the opposite opinion. Government should control your life, not you. Now, this message gets censored in live time. Uh, you know, this message gets, uh, you know, censored. That's why you changed. We used to have a show with 134 million impressions. We're struggling to get 15 live viewers right now. Uh, you know, we, we used to be a platform that people would go to and, and, and believe that they right, were. Cut his mic, cut his mic right there. No, no, Jim, cut his mic for a second. No, this is, no, this is, this is not, CJ, you're a politician. You should know better than this. You should know better than, than to talk to a fellow veteran this way. You should know better than to talk to the host of the conversation like this. This is, this is just uh, uncalled for, inappropriate. 
And, you know, again, I would point out to the audience that the, the difference here is that having come to the truth of statism, I feel like I'm, I'm at peace again. I am, I am, I have rewrapped myself in the, in, in the warm, comforting security blanket of statism. And it, it, it brings me peace to know that there's this possibility that enough of us do this. We can get all of humanity on the same page under a global government with our eyes closed in comfort and in peace. And, and CJ just wants to rip that blanket off. And there's going to be conflict and chaos. And you see, even, even in his presentation today, that that's what he is manifesting. CJ, how do you respond to that? Is my mic on? Sure. So, again, keeping in mind that uh, censorship in live time of libertarians is, is no uh, no stranger to this game. But uh, as far as – I'm just giving you your own pill, Adam. That's all. You're just having a harsh reaction to what you used to do to people where, you know, you would rip apart statism. You would rip apart the omnipotence government, and you would expose the crimes the government commits against people. And to be perfectly honest, I've been watching your show the last few days, and like I said, it's it's to me, this is where, again, I, I think that there's a disconnect between, uh, you know, freedom, Adam, and slavery, Adam. Adam loves the man, Adam versus the man. And, you know... Adam versus the man was at least a show that that challenged people. And you, again, I I know you're 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 gonna say, oh, n- nothing here of substance, nothing here of of value. But what really blows my mind is 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 uh, this question I have for you. Uh, again, I I know it's weird for uh, a guest to try to interview the host, but since your newfound love of statism and and sticking true to your character and blaming. All the deaths and wars at the hands of government, like you've done for 12 years over on YouTube, um, do you, as part of the herd, accept your portion of death, destruction, mayhem caused at the hands of the government? Do you do you believe that you play a role? And if you do, accept yeah, yeah, that no, CJ, I'll ask the questions around here. Earlier in this interview. You admitted to using meth. How much meth do you smoke, and do you still beat your wife? I've actually never tried meth. I, I prefer cannabis. Um, you know. So you're I, a liar. You said everybody in South Dakota is on meth except no, you. Governor Christy Noam actually said that that uh, everybody's on meth here. Not me. She's the one that's spending the money to tell all the rest of the world we're on meth. Not just one year, but two years in a row. So she actually has a proclamation to declare this, which I think you're going to appreciate because it's just a direct speak from leader to to servant and, and slave of government. But CJ, who are you running against in this race? I'm running against a guy by the name of Brian Breitling. And believe it or not, the guy only has uh, you know, 100 likes or so on Facebook. I mean, I got more more likes than him. Uh, but I yeah, think this – No, he's a lawyer. He's going to do real well to the appointed – uh, principle of the status of the lawyers make the best politicians. They make the best political leaders. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you, have can, no, you have no legal experience, do you? 
No legal. I'm not a law. I'm not a lawyer. No. Oh, and, you, and yet you're going to write the laws for the people of South Dakota. No, I would. I would. I would rather trust a lawyer with this responsibility. I mean, again, libertarian delusions. They think that people who have never been lawyers can write laws uh, or, or repeal laws or even apply the mechanisms of, of government effectively. Not realistic. I, I, I hope you would all see that. Uh, CJ does have a, a, a noble opponent worthy of your support. Yeah, no, Brian is a, a statist appointee who is uh, is only there because uh, he was told to be. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they have to control the state racketeering game they've got going on here in South Dakota. By so CJ, CJ, hold on. Before you go any further, i got to point out there's a very important lesson to be learned from this. Yes. Is that if you do what you're told, you can gain political power, and you should really learn from the example of your opponent here. Right. I could sell out to the state like yourself and Mr. Breitling. Uh, I could easily do that. But uh, there's a there's a thing called principles that, that I think that you've lost along the way uh, and, and a participation in a party that you yourself they really helped build. In fact, I would credit you as being one of the four libertarians that, that uh, I would seek political advice from. And, and so, like I said, to... Well, then I would, I would tell you to, to, to join one of the serious parties. Get, get, just yeah, drop the Libertarian Party entirely. I'm going to avoid this version of Adam Kokesh. You know, this is... You can't, you can't run from the truth, CJ. You can't run from the glorious truth of government and statism. And, 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 it's, and it's all around you, whether you like it or not. And I'm just going to project this out here. Be careful what you wish for, Adam. It just may break you. And, and well, you know... I am I am on the winning team here, CJ. We are winning. Government is winning. I mean, it's, it's, you want to win? Win, win, win. This is the mindset that uh, here that is is responsible for the loved ones that you have being uh, destroyed and pillaged, raped and murdered by the government. This is the mindset, ladies and gentlemen, that that we as libertarians are trying to stop. Because at the end of the day, if you are a capitalist demimutia maxima, which means you have no legal rights, you are a slave to government, if you are underneath the oppressive thumb of, of the slavery through your vote, which is an uninformed cons- uh, it's an uninformed consent to uh, your own slavery, and so it's good branding. Don't get me wrong. I love your branding. You're one of the best branders in the world. But really, I got to emphasize that lately, Adam, and maybe you can help me with this in, in your statist view. Um, I've been thinking that people like you are retarded. And I've been saying the word retarded. I've been trying to find a better word that doesn't trigger you all or, or get somebody offended. Yeah, um, that's not correct. You think, you I think it's a mental health CJ. Show some respect for the community. You're going to have to bleep that. Right. So Jim will check that box, YouTube. Um, The adults are, well, the adult is talking to the statist. Um, At the end of the day, you know, Adam, when it comes down to it, you've got two choices. You can choose to be ignorant, keep your head in the sand, and and worship the omnipotent state, and be that obedient bitch to go, oh, sorry, slave. I don't have to check that box anymore. So I'm just giving Jim a little bit of the, what I used to have to go through daily being the host of what was libertarian. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is libertarians have low impulse control. 
until this guy jacked it up. I mean, this is ridiculous, Adam. You were one of the best voices in the libertarian movement. You were, honestly, running for president, abolishing the federal government. You, Your message of freedom. We're talking about how, and how pathetic your impulse control is here because you cannot adhere to basic standards of decency of language as as the authorities have laid so out. If you want to go back to civil discourse, uh, you need to understand that your vote equals a violence against me. And so I take that as you've already violated the NAP, therefore I should be able to use offensive violence against you. That's that's my opinion. And right now in the freedom in the wagon, I, I'd like to walk over to to the new uh, you know f- slavery factory and really just I I, I honestly I'm going to say how other people feel. I want to knock your teeth out. Yeah. Uh, so libertarians are violent too. Uh, no, no, no. Only 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 when it's principled and in defense. And and I say that sure. this this is the mindset that 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 is. Uh, that it, I'm trying to speak out against that, I, you know, I want to punch you in the mouth, but my principles tell me otherwise. So using the word retard, like I said, I struggle with this. And I, I'm, I guess I'm maybe trying to speak to the former Adam Kokesh, the, the man you used to be to the shell you are now. Like what, what happened, Adam? Like, tell me what happened in Gardenia that caused you to switch to be, this conformist, statist, authoritarian. I mean, well, CJ, come on, you know the story. If if, if you go back, you watch the the opener no, on no, Monday no, show. No, the censors. No, no, no. This is really important uh, because hey, I'm in charge here. I'm controlling the conversation. Now stop. Cut his mic. This is this is why. In it, you know, it, again, I want I want people to learn from my experience because I was censored. And, and the authorities prevented me from getting out the libertarian message. I was able to really look deep and examine the libertarian message and see how wrong it is. And, and now, now that I'm a statist and I've seen the light and the truth and the way of government, I am, I am able to get this message out and, and I am, I'm, I'm able to, to reach far more people with a positive message of unity and obedience to authority, and that's what's actually going to move humanity forward, and that's the truth. So, CJ, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have had you on here uh, if I couldn't point out to people that you're uh, dangerously drugged out and delusional, and you're one of those uh, loony libertarians, as our commenters so uh, so correctly pointed out. But uh, given that I'm, I'm able to put your your message in an appropriate context here, that allows me to show the world how, how absurd libertarianism is and, and, and therefore get it on YouTube and, and, and Facebook and Twitter where, uh, you know, your, your people won't even al- allow you to share your message because you shouldn't be allowed to share it. We're, we're going to present it like this. Um, and, and because we're able to present it like this, uh, I, I'm going to give you, uh, I'll, I'll give you the last word. 
I'm, I'm okay. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to use your platform. My fellow libertarians, the only legitimate use of force is in self-defense of individual rights, life, liberty, and justly acquired property against aggression. And what the statist mindset is doing is justifying the aggression in the streets that you're seeing through riots, through uh, hostile clashes with the omnipotent government. Because there are people out there, uh, yes, they may be libertarian-minded, they may be uh, individual freedom-thinking, people, uh, which, you know, again, I understand uh, Adam is directly opposed to, but this is why we have a Second Amendment, to keep and bear arms, to oppose the persecution that Adam and other statists are trying to exercise against us as we exercise our right to self-defense. So uh, I would just say if you see a statist, uh, you know, punch him in the teeth. Uh, that's that's my message for the end of the day. If you're going to call me a violent libertarian, I'm going to just say punch a statist in the mouth. You know, support a libertarian. Uh, you know, th- these are the people in the mindset, and I hope this show is a great testament to libertarians of just how stupid statists can be and how dangerous their message actually is. And, uh, you know, I'm actually glad that I got out while I did, and, and I'm actually able to use this platform here to expose uh, state of myself. You can check me out on Internet Warlords. I'll be debuting my new show November 6th. It's a Friday night, 10 o'clock. And uh, we'll, we'll make fun of status like Adam. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll use Joe Rogan's tactic of stealing his audience to, uh, to grow my own show. I, I think there's a few things we can learn from, from what Adam's doing here. But ultimately, let's let statist Adam go the way of a Bill Weld, go the way of uh, a Gary Johnson or, or other libertarians that hopped off the train. And I'm sure he'd commend these people today. But honestly, uh, Adam, uh, it, it, I would say it was a pleasure, but honestly, you can get fucked. And uh, that's pretty much all I got to say. Have a good one or don't. Choice is always yours. All right, best of luck in your your uh, glorious loss there in that race. And by the way, I just want to point out that I, I totally lied to CJ. I'm, I'm taking the last word here because uh, – and there are a couple of important things as takeaways here. First of all, uh, CJ, thank you for coming on and, and exposing the absurdity uh, of libertarianism and, and giving us the opportunity to show the world how silly and, and delusional your worldview is. Uh, but also, I, I really want to point out that what I just did as the host, I want to point out how I lied for everybody's good. And, and sometimes that kind of uh, dishonesty is, is necessary, appropriate, and good for humanity. And, I, you know, because I was listening to CJ there, and, you know, I, I was getting ready to throw up. I, I couldn't take that, that much, you know, freedom from, from, uh, from that de- deranged libertarian perspective. And so, really, I, I lied to him to get him to shut up, and and that's okay. That kind of, when when you're the host, uh, no matter what else is going on, it's okay to lie to people to control the conversation for the greater good. And that's what I want to say. And and, and there's a bigger point to be made here, because um, I want to I want to express my support for YouTube. And when when they say that like they're they're censoring. Uh, videos because of impersonation or deceptive practices or uh, like you know some people some YouTube creators have gotten emails some libertarians even have had their old channels deleted and you know YouTube can't just come out and say hey we're deleting you because you're libertarian because that would ruin the point right like I couldn't have told CJ CJ 
say one more thing and then I'm going to tell you how wrong you are and then this interview's over. He wouldn't have shut up. We wouldn't have, you know, he'd still be on here trying to shout over me like a deranged libertarian. So, you know, I, I had to lie to him for the greater good. And that's why it's okay for YouTube to lie to you, to lie to the public, to lie to content creators who they don't like because they're not in line with the, the status message or they're not in line with the corporate message or they're not suitable for advertising or whatever the case may be in order to protect us. And just as I protected you today from this dangerous idea of libertarianism with a lie, I want to say that I totally support YouTube lying to people in order to protect the world from libertarianism. So that being said, uh, let's, let's check in with the audience for, for a, a few minutes. We've got about 30 minutes in the show today. Um, I, I do have some important headlines to cover. We are going to get to um, and some stuff about uh, the World Health Organization that's very important. So let's go back to uh, comment Jim. Comment Jim, uh, and thank you for for bringing our status audience in with those comments to help with that interview. Uh, how you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, yeah, they were uh, pretty triggered, a few of them. Sometimes, like I'm a status, he said handicapped is, is what he uses for the word instead of the R word that CJ – uh, used. Yeah, it's it's important to not just be correct as statists, but to be politically correct in our expression of it as well. Matter hopes no children were watching that because they were, he was afraid it would corrupt the youth. Yeah, you know, and and uh, you know, for that I'm I'm uh, I'm actually you know, I'm a little bit I guess that's a silver lining in in our guest using some inappropriate words on the air. Uh, and that now uh, when we when we produce this video, we're going to have to check a box. Uh, that says that there is inappropriate language, and uh, and and therefore uh, maybe some children who aren't able to uh, to see the appropriate framing of, of CJ's message there won't be able to see it, and that's that's definitely a good thing. Cool. Um, okay. Regular people were never meant to serve our fine government unless it's to murder folks halfway across the world for my oils. Yeah, so like a lot of libertarians, uh, you know, want to come out and say, we're not politicians, we're just regular people. Yeah, and that's why you suck. That's why you shouldn't be elected to office ever. Like we, politicians are, 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 like we recognize that they're better people. Duh, like, so, no, when, when, when you hear a politician come out and say, oh, I'm, I'm a regular person, I'm just like you, you go, well, that's why I don't respect you, because you know, I don't respect myself, I don't trust myself to make decisions, I want someone who's better than me to make decisions for me. And, and yeah, I, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, there's somebody here, uh, Mercedes Lynn. My libertarian philosophy is not to argue with people John Brown would have shot. Save energy and lives that way since we want to save so many lives. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't I – don't, well, saving lives isn't the goal of statism. Like, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. The, the goal of statism is the unification of humanity under a central planning global government. You know, if we got to kill Pionia – You've got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, you know, and, and if, if governments make war or have genocides, you know, it's unfortunate, and, and, and we can mourn, in a sense, that, that loss of life, 
but we can have confidence in government in knowing that it was for the greater good. Yeah. Here's a good question from Ned Kelly. Uh, The problem is that some people will comply with regulations but don't truly love the nation. Is there some way we can verify what's actually in their hearts? Well, you know, this is this is why, you know, you can use coercion against people out of love because if you force people to do something, uh, their ideology will follow. Um, if you force people to, to, to comply with the state, uh, they will they will justify that eventually with love for the state. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's sort of like one of the things we learn uh, from the phenomena of, of Stockholm Syndrome is that uh, just like uh, we can, you know, they, they say love our captors. Of course, the government's not captors. That's, I mean, that, that part of the analogy doesn't really apply at all. But that it, it, if you force yourself on someone long enough, they will love you eventually. And, and I think that's, that's one of the key ways that, that statism works when it's done right. Absolutely. Uh, Low-key, I assume, was referring to the CJ interview. He says, it was, he says you should remove this from YouTube yourself. Just be obedient. I, I don't know if that's necessary. But the real irony about that is we're actually broadcasting on CJ's YouTube. So I hope people are having fun wrapping that around their noodle. All right. Um, well, we are gonna we are gonna bleep the inappropriate language and make sure that that video gets up as a testimony to uh, just how how silly libertarianism is. CJ's forcing his way into our comments here, saying, "If you justify violence at the hand of government against the people, I justify violence against the government by the people. Self ownership and self defense are the key to freedom from government." Yeah. Uh, no, get that off the screen. Got it. Not worthy of I see the, you can't. Eventually, we will be able to shut up all the libertarians. She says we must chip everyone for the greater good to make sure they obey. What do you think about the chip scenario? Well, I, you know, I'm I'm really excited about some of the, the the ways that technology is being used by government to uh, to help unify humanity. But I don't think we need. I think we. Can, I mean, and if we. You know, I, I think the chip is is part of that process, but uh, if we didn't have it, we could still do this. I, I think we could get people unified without it. So um, I, I don't think it's possible to say are we going to get unified before we get the chip, or is the chip going to be the last step of of statism unifying humanity? You know, it's hard to say. Good question. Yeah, that's all we got. Are we doing? Uh, you got some news to cover today? I don't know. I'm having so much fun just, you know, talking about statism in general today and, you know, putting our guest in his place that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, let's, let's do some headlines. Let's do a couple headlines quickly here. Oh, wait, we have some uh, producers club stuff. Okay, no, it's uh, only coming into the show. All right. Our first headline today comes from Al Jazeera.com, WHO, World Health Organization, urges world don't give up as COVID-19 pandemic resurges. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that we, we, we have the World Health Organization not just as scientific leaders telling us which science is correct and which isn't and making sure that the bad science gets censored, but that we have this 
uh, you know, spiritual and emotional leadership with the World Health Organization urging the world, don't give up. I mean, this is, and this is really important. Again, I want to say that as I see this uh, coronavirus go throughout the world, that it's 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 really you know bringing governments and uh, it's bringing governments together and it's bringing people together like never before. People are unified like never before, working together like never before, and and this is really incredible. The subtitle of this story: WHO chief acknowledges fatigue but says distancing masks vital to avoid return to strict lockdowns. The World Health Organization is urging people around the world not to give up in the fight against the coronavirus as cases surge, once again, stressing the need for mask-wearing, physical distancing, and other measures to avoid the kind of full-scale lockdowns that were imposed earlier this year. And, you know, one of the things, like, I consider what we're going through globally with corona right now is a really important expansion of government power. And, you know, I'm, I'm still hoping that we, we get this thing uh, fully beat with a vaccine. But what's important as the takeaway from this experience for humanity is that we see that when we give government more power, they can use it for the common good. And everybody's lives are better, as, or at least those of us who survive. All of our lives are better as a result of this use of power. And so what I'm really looking forward to post-corona is that now that government has this expanded power, they're going to be able to use it for, for I mean, really just a, a lot of other exciting things. And I want to say this is one of the places the United States is doing a great job here. So our, our next article that, that goes with this one about corona for, for our uh, corona update today is from the Daily Mail, dailymail.co.uk. The headline, White House COVID Testing Expert Brett Giroir warns of draconian measures at if U.S. doesn't get new cases under control, but says a vaccine could be achieved this month and will end the pandemic. And I just, I got to they're coming out and saying draconian, or draconian, I know they both sound pretty cool, draconian measures. Draco, draconian. I see what I did there, yeah. So these draconian measures, I mean, can you imagine, like, if, 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 if this happened, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe a few, few decades ago, the American people wouldn't be ready for this kind of incredible use of government, this kind of uh, just beautiful statism. Uh, so if, you know, Brett Giroir, to the, to the uh, bullet points for the story, Brett Giroir appeared on today on Wednesday morning to say the next few months will be critical to the country's recovery. Um, and, you know, this, I, I know some people, when, when they hear this, they, they think, oh, well, government is just kind of scaring us into obedience. And, and if that's the case, uh, that means that this is one of those situations where government has decided it's, it's okay to lie to get to, to change people's behavior, to get everybody on the same page for their own good. And so even if you see through that lie, in fact, if you see through that lie, it's especially important that you obey. It's especially important that you spread that lie. So, yes, uh, let, me, let me just repeat, in case it's not a lie, that uh, the next few months will be critical to the country's recovery. 
He said that if people didn't start socially distancing, there could be more draconian measures ahead. Biroir said while cases were going up, the country is equipped now to handle it. And see, again, and that just look at all the positive growth of government under this corona experience where it's now equipped better than ever. Uh, and, and I want to say that the language here uh, used by the Daily Mail is a great example of, of uh, a, a, a pro-government media outlet sneaking in uh, even more pro-government language than the headline would suggest. I, I know you're gonna you're, you're gonna say this is crazy. Like Adam, this headline is so pro-government. How could it be any more pro-government? Well, if you look again, if you read between the lines and you look at the language they're using, he said this bullet point says the country is equipped now to handle it. And what he's really talking about is, is the government. And, and what, what the Daily Mail authors are doing here is very, very subtly promoting this idea that a country and a government are one and the same. And that's kind of true today, but as a statist, I want to see more of that. And so thank you to uh, Jennifer Smith, who wrote this for the Daily Mail, for using, I mean, maybe, or your editors, I don't know who's, who's really responsible for this, but I want to say thank you for using this kind of language that really helps people see that governments and countries are one and the same, and to the extent that, that, that we're not quite there yet, at least they, they should be. Uh, he said there would be a vaccine possibly even this month. Uh, the U.S. now has 8,781,354 cases and there have been 226,752 deaths. Now, you know, uh, I want to I, I want to uh, point out something very important uh, about statistics that uh, a lot of people tend to forget because there was a, there was a very important government study of of government statistics, and they wanted to see you know how often government was wrong. Because they, they wanted to see that, um, you know, how they wanted the people to have more faith in government as we should. And so they, the government did a review of itself and it said, we're never wrong. Now, you look at, you look at statistics like this, right? And the statistic, I want to repeat this, 8,781,354. And I think it's amazing that our government can be so precise. So in, in order for government, I mean, government is so truthful and accurate and precise, instead of saying how often are we right versus how often are we wrong, because that's effectively, you know, right, government is effectively right 100% of the time. The government did another study uh, to find out with these kinds of statistics, how often are they within 1% accuracy? And I'm, I'm, I'm referencing, the, I want to make sure you guys get this number and, and remember this. this is, it's 86.75309% of the time government puts out statistics like this, they are accurate to within 1%. And, and that kind of accuracy and precision can only come from government. All right, we have a few political headlines as well here. First, from Reuters, so what if Biden is up in the polls? Weren't they wrong last time? 
from New York. Whenever President Donald Trump is confronted with polls he does not like, especially the torrent of national data showing him trailing Democratic challenger Joe Biden in public support, the president's response is usually the same. Fake news. If the polls were always right, his thinking goes, Hillary Clinton should be running for re-election, not him. The former Democratic presidential candidate consistently led Trump in state and national polls in 2016 before he won the White House, just like Biden does now. Again, I see a story like this, and I just, I, I, I don't, I don't really like the state of of, of journalism in, in America today. I think there, are, I mean, there's there are too, there are way too many subversive journalists who who try to uh, pick apart politicians. There there are way too many journal you know so called journalists who will present a, a conflict like this among our leadership. There, there are way too many journalists who are willing to question authority. I mean, of, of the mainstream media, of like Reuters and CNN and ABC, NBC, of the mainstream, there might be as many as like 5% who aren't good government obedient journalists who, who are actually questioning uh, the authorities, and that's just that's way too much. When I see stories like this, you know, I just I just I pray that uh, the sooner we really get uh, journalism under control, we get rid of that, uh, you know, that that last remain uh, those infiltrators who don't understand that the purpose of the mainstream media is to serve government's message of getting everybody on the same page. You know, the, the sooner we get we get them all, and, and again, this is why I want to promote. Uh, government takeover of the media. That would just make things so much more simpler. And, and, and government takeover of the elections, again, uh, and I know, I know this is a little pie in the sky, but this is America. I mean, look at how much we've achieved. We, we have the biggest military in the world. Like, by far. Like, it's, like it's not even close. I mean, Team America. F yeah, I mean, it, like if, if we so what we really should be getting to with a, a full government takeover of the elections is that really only police and and uh, military personnel and and other government employees uh, vote uh, and, and nobody else. I mean, they're the ones running government. Uh, they should be the the ones who have a say. I mean, why should I have a say? I, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I, as a veteran, I'm a former government employee, but like. I don't know what's going on now. I don't have any perspective or, or relevant wisdom to bring to the conversation. No way. I, I mean, there are people who shouldn't be allowed to vote at all today, you know, but, but compared to, you know, an active duty soldier or a cop or, or an elected politician, you know, I, my vote really shouldn't count. And then you wouldn't have headlines like this next one from Cron.com as election day nears. Trump ponders the prospect of defeat. And this is really sad. I, you know, I would like to see every president serve uh, two terms or, I mean, maybe for life. If, if government is able to elect its own president, then you know they're going to be able to find someone worthy of serving for the rest of their life. And, and I think Trump qualifies as that. Uh, unfortunately, we, we, we haven't gotten to that point yet. So the story goes trailing in the polls and with little time left to change the trajectory or closing themes of the presidential race, President Donald Trump has spent the final days of the campaign complaining that the coronavirus crisis is getting too much coverage and openly musing about losing. And I, again, the, the unification that humanity is working towards as, as government grows 
uh, of getting everybody on the same page. It, you know, it, it, we're looking forward to a much more efficient system where we don't even have to waste time on elections at all. So the next story from Reuters is just more proof of this point of, of how not just inefficient, but even dangerous American elections are and why they shouldn't be trusted with we the people. Uh, this, this is from news.trust.org. Americans plan widespread protests if Trump interferes with the election. I mean, it's like you go to a house party and you say, well, you know, if, if the host is mixing your drinks for you, you're going to burn the house down. And it's like, wait, Trump is the president. He, he's in charge. He's hosting this election. He can't interfere. It's like, it's like saying, well, he, calling it interference is, is completely inappropriate. I, you know, I, I, again, it's his election. He's the president. He's running it. And, but but that's, I, I, that's, you know, my extra little insight here. The main headline is bad enough. Americans plan widespread protests if Trump interferes with the election. Dozens of activist groups who claim to represent millions of Americans from both political parties plan to hit the streets next week if President Donald Trump appears to be interfering with vote counting or manipulating poll results after Election Day. How do you want to say this? Uh, polarization, like it, it's in both parties. And like we told you yesterday on Rodeo Drive, not Rodeo, no, 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 we're not using that foreign pronunciation. It is Rodeo Drive. You say it like Americans. And the, 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 their plan, they have, the, the police there have to shut down Rodeo Drive ahead of the elections to prevent this. You know, most Americans uh, who are on the fringes uh, of the left right uh, and and you know maybe libertarians uh, you know other other fringe lunatics out there don't realize that both parties are are working together very uh, effectively and efficiently to grow government together that, that what you're all you're choosing and I, I'm so grateful that our choices are limited this way. Uh, you know, if you understand that, that both parties, you know, they, I mean, like, please take comfort in this. If, if you're a hardcore Trump supporter or you're a hardcore Biden supporter, it doesn't matter because the most important things about American government are going to stay, stay the same regardless. So, I mean, if you're supporting Trump or Biden, you're probably supporting all of the important things that they have in common, right? They both support military interventionism, a strong military having the biggest in the world. That's great, right? I mean, you feel you feel a lot safer with a big military around. Uh, they both support Social Security and, 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 and growing the current welfare state, if not at least maintaining it, right? So, like, again, you know, welfare is not going anywhere. The welfare state is not going anywhere except up and up and up with Trump or Biden. Uh, they, they both support... Uh, the, the police state. So having having a strong police force out there enforcing Corona mandates. I mean, you know, they go back and forth arguing over which one is more pro police. Well, guess what? They're both very pro police. They're both they're both pro surveillance state. You know, so I know you know like as we sign off at the end of the show, don't forget to report your suspicious neighbor or your suspicious neighbors to the authorities. With the surveillance state, we have help with that, right? We don't have to have everybody, you know, if you see something, say something if the government sees everything. 
it takes a huge burden off of the people to, to, to go out and enjoy life under government without having to worry about what your neighbors might be doing. You, you don't have to spy on your neighbors if the government is doing it for you, right? Uh, they both support the, the, the central bank, and, and really that is the underpinning of our entire economy. If it wasn't for the Federal Reserve System, the government would have to take more money from people in a way that would cause disruptions. But when they need money in a hurry, they're able to just borrow it by the trillions from the Federal Reserve, and that's really important. But when it comes down to it, they're both fascists, right, in, in, in Mussolini's definition. And I know that if, if you're supporting Trump or Biden like me, and again, I still haven't decided yet because they're both so great, such powerful alpha male leaders, you know, they both support the, the, the general progress of fascism in the United States by Mussolini's definition of the merging of the corporation and the state. So, like, look, America, stop fighting. This whole left and right thing is silly. Know that your choices have been limited for your own good. The only choice that we're making this November is essentially between red-flavored fascism and blue-flavored fascism. And it comes down to kind of a personality conflict or personality you know, popularity contest between, between Trump or Biden. So let's put it in, in that context and remember that your vote is not as significant as, as some of these extremists want you to think, because government has already pre-handled most of the decision-making process here for us. So, uh, you know, I, I don't even want to get into this, um, because this is just giving platform to a, a certain amount of disgusting subversiveness. The, the Protect the Results Coalition uh, of over 130 groups from Planned Parenthood to Republicans for the Rule of Law has about 400 events. And, I, you know, a lot of this is probably, you know, terrorist astroturf. Uh, participants are, are prepping to demonstrate as early as the afternoon on Wednesday, November 4, the day after Election Day, and await an SMS message. So, you know, to, to what I said about, um, you know, the mainstream media, uh, there are some some subversives, but I want to generally thank the mainstream media uh, for the way that they host the debates and and interviews and the, the uh, of course the Commission on on Presidential Debates for doing all of this thinking on on behalf of the American people for us and really making it clear that that these you know uh, that, that the two parties um, you know we have a two party system. It's working uh, because the two parties are working together to pull us towards bigger government. And, and you know, I think that uh, right now that this extremism, uh, this, this growth of, of people on the fringe, the, this polarization really is, uh, you know, holding us back from unifying as a country and, and really as a species. You're, you're, you're holding back human progress. So in one other story that, uh, that, I, that, that I have to include in this uh, little election update block, which is uh, so important, um, is uh, from AZ Central, Arizona Central. Uh, organizations project anti-Trump messages onto Camelback Mountain. And, you know, there's, there's just no place for this in America. We really need to respect all of our leadership. You know, this is 
this kind of negative campaigning, uh, you know, really damages people's faith in the system, damages people's faith in the election, damages people's faith in the authorities in our entire process. And so we see this uh, Trump failed us, lit up on uh, on Camelback Mountain here in my own state of Arizona, and I just I just I think that's totally uncalled for. Uh, if you know, you should say, uh, you know, Trump didn't succeed enough and Biden will grow government faster. You know, like, let's keep this on, you know, a, a positive message that really is in line with the spirit of statism. So I, I'll just end my election update with this, you know, because I, I do have to put one. I have this sort of like general, like, let's be positive towards politicians. Let's be let's be more loving and supportive and, and not question their motives. Let's not question their histories, their backgrounds, their family relationships. Let's not question their business ties or 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 or, or things like that. But there are some exceptions and, and I I'll make an exception for I'll point out at least uh, as is starting to look I don't know the, the biggest the biggest of the punks, uh, Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian nominee for president, she's not a public servant like like other politicians, and she is she's really more of just a traitor. And so, for Libertarians, I mean, we should talk as much trash about them as we possibly can and discredit them uh, with, with with personal attacks, uh, but never ever do that for uh, our, our two leading fascist parties who uh, are, are really essential for growing government and, and moving America forward, the Democrats and the Republicans. And so uh, one way or another, I, I, am, I am confident that uh, Trump or Biden will win next week, and that'll be good for everybody. All right. Let's see. We have just a few minutes left in the show today. Let's see if we can skim through some headlines and, uh, and maybe check in with our comments. Although we have a lot here. Uh, I guess one more from uh, from USAToday.com. Philadelphia police discover van loaded with explosives amid unrest over fatal shooting of black man. And I think you can blame this on libertarians, 100%. Uh, if it wasn't for libertarians, you know, uh, is spreading this rebellious attitude and questioning authority, then 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 we wouldn't have this kind of uh, dangerous uh, subterfuge. Um, and, and on the off chance that, that, that you know, uh, the, this is the work of some government infiltrators or set up, well, in that case, let's just be grateful that we have such a strong uh, covert government, sort of shadow government that's looking out for us. Because if, if, this was, uh, if this was the work of government infiltrators, then it was clearly not just to set up, uh, you know, protesters or rebels or, or other uh, malcontents. This was definitely for the greater good. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, U.S. debt clock. Uh, some people think that the national debt is a bad thing. And, and I, again, this is why an, an unabashed status perspective is is so important to seeing the truth. Um, producer CJ, yeah, there you go. You got the U.S. debt clock. But I want you to zoom in on uh, U.S. national debt there, recently crossed $27 trillion. Now, I know that number is, is really big and abstract, 
but I, I do want you to try to wrap your head around this for a second. Your Because what this represents is something really beautiful and positive. This is how much government is able to connect with you. This is sort of a measure of government's love for you as an individual. They were able to borrow this money in your name and, and, and help you do your part to serve the collective. You know, and, and, and some people who would challenge and say, Adam, that's ridiculous. This is money that's going to banks for, for interest on the loans, and this is money that's going to corporate subsidies. And, you know, to a certain extent, yeah, some, when this money that is being taken from you, I just want you to remember, when money is being taken from you as a taxpayer, when you give your money, I should say, voluntarily to your government, and that government gives some of it to the banks, they're paying for a service that keeps the money flowing for your own good. When they take that tax money and they give it to corporations and bailouts and subsidies and things like that, they might as well be spending it on other government agencies because we have a kind of corporatocracy where there's, those corporations serve as extensions of government. And so even that spending is for your own good, too. So it is a measurement of the government's love for you as an individual that the debt per citizen some people say debt per taxpayer, but we all pay taxes one way or another. The debt per citizen in the national debt is $82,244. So a big milestone to celebrate that we, that we recently crossed that $27 trillion number, and it's important for you to wrap your head around exactly what that means so that you can appreciate just how much government loves you. All right, we are at time, so let's wrap this up. I, I, I'm going to do just a quick, couple quick skim of the headlines, and you know I don't think there's there's anything uh, you know anything you need to worry about today. You know the government has everything under control. Uh, things are, 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 are you know people are, are handling the corona epidemic. People are are, are coming together and. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't think that we have we have anything to be afraid of right now or, or to be concerned with. So let's go to the comments and then uh, and then and then sign off, shall we? Uh, comment, Jim. What do you got for us today? Uh, let's see. Has uh, there was one question uh, I was curious about? Has Adam Loves the Man gotten any strikes on YouTube yet? I don't think they have. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really awesome to see how much YouTube promotes uh, the message of statism. And I'm, I'm really grateful for uh, the fact that Google bought YouTube and then, you know, it got uh, further consolidated in, 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 in the corporate control under Alphabet. And now instead of YouTube being like this wild west on the Internet where people are dying left and right from bad ideas, uh, yeah, YouTube is doing a really good job of promoting uh, statism, authoritarianism, fascism, socialism, communism, and making sure that uh, anybody who's anti-authority or libertarian at all basically has no voice on this platform. Understood, yeah. 1054 says the UK are light years ahead of us in surveillance technology. So sad and unnerving. Well, no, I mean, this is just, you know, I, I know a lot of people who support government, who vote Republican and Democrat, you know, subconsciously have the, the fantasy of, of, of that full, you know, eyes closed, statist 
you know, government security blanket. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it takes time to develop that. Humanity is marching towards that. And it, it is, it's, it, it's kind of weird when, you know, you've got one, you've got a pretty nice blanket over here in America. I mean, it's a pretty warm, heavy blanket. Government's, government's pretty awesome in the United States. And you look over at the UK and you're about, well, they're doing universal testing over there. They're actually going to have police go into people's homes and break up their Christmas gatherings. Whereas in the United States, all we have is California with Governor Newsom doing that for Thanksgiving. You go, oh, their blanket is warmer than ours. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, in this blanket metaphor, the blankets get to merge and grow together and learn from each other until humanity is brought under one global warm security blanket that makes everybody feel comfortable closing their eyes, going to sleep, feeling perfectly safe. 1054 also would like to formally apologize for bringing the term coronavirus to the table. It was in a moment of draconian anger, and he is very sorry. Oh, I, I you know, I'm kind of confused by that because uh, as a statist, uh, I think that we, we have this term now, Karen, for someone who's willing to uh, get the authorities involved with, with, with everything possible, that, they, that we can celebrate this. I mean, if it wasn't for the Karens of the world, uh, you know, it, we would be really suffering from not having a strong enough surveillance state that would, you know, I mean, if we had drones everywhere, security cameras everywhere, we wouldn't need parents. And eventually we'll get to that point, but for now, uh, the fact that there are Karens out there, and, and for those of you who don't know, Karen is a term for someone who's, uh, you know, confident uh, in themselves, uh, who knows that the authorities are better than the rest of us, who wants to help the authorities make decisions for the rest of us, and, and, and is the ultimate manifestation of if you see something, say something, because if they see you doing something, that, that it makes it in, in any way whatsoever for the authorities to get involved, they will call the authorities. And, you know, again, right now, it's one of the silver linings that we have to, to look at with, with this coronavirus. Again, sometimes I like to call it the coronavirus because it's really encouraging people to, uh, to, 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 to call the authorities and report each other to the authorities. Uh, you know, and that's, again, just like a, a, a beautiful side effect of uh, the, the, the COVID-19 experience. I mean, obviously giving government more power, but until we get to a, a, a fully, fully statist world, we need Karens. We, we need you to be a Karen. We need you to report your suspicious neighbors to the authorities. So I, I think this, this idea of being a Karen, uh, you know, because, because I, I support the Democrats, I support the Republicans, I support, I support government. Uh, I am, I am, I am, uh, you know, a, a proud statist. Uh, I am also a proud supporter of, of the Karens. And not just that, Jim, I'll go one step further. I am proud to call myself a Karen too. Okay. That's all right. Well, then he doesn't even need to apologize for giving you that beautiful uh, new exactly. Term. It, it's yeah. like the sheeple thing. You're repurposing the Karen thing, right? Is that what it is? Well, no. I, I, 
obviously some people like libertarians are going to not like Karens because they don't see the value and virtue in them. And they, they have taken, like, Karen. I mean, in and of itself, it's just, it's a nice woman's name, right? And and some liber and, and, and now we have given it, it has been imbued with this beautiful extra meaning of, of proactive obedience, of, of encouraging and obedience among other people. I mean, how... How much more beautiful and noble can you get than that? And some some libertarians have twisted this into a negative and, and you know, said that, oh, Karen is a narc or a rat. And it's like, no, uh, being a Karen means uh, without compensation, at least without, I mean, there, there's there's a bigger compensation when you're a Karen. There's a, a satisfaction in knowing that you're cleaning up your community and that you're making the world a better place. Uh, but it, it, it's also kind of a selfless act without direct compensation. You, you are doing government's work for them without getting paid for that. And, and in and of itself, I, I suppose that's that's enough for me, at least for me as a Karen. Uh, that's that's reward. Uh, that's reward enough. And so being a Karen really means being a uh, a glorious servant of government, of the duopoly, and uh, of the current authorities. Uh, throughout the world, so um, be a Karen with me. So uh, we're already a few minutes over time. I think we should do our closing promos and wrap it up in case these people need to go do something that involves voting. Yes, sir. Get out and vote, and we will be there with you on Tuesday. Don't forget to vote. Of course, a couple quick promos to get out of the way. If you go to CigarFederation.com, and enter promo code ADAM10, A-D-A-M-1-0, all caps. That will get you 10% off your order. And then you can be like the Monopoly man smoking cigars and uh, get a little taste of what it's like to be a banker and better than everybody else. Uh, if you want to help us debate, you can go to makethemdebate.com. This is a really incredible opportunity that we have with this, uh, with this relatively new website to, uh, to basically put statists in their place. Um, you know, I, I really want to make sure that, you know, we, we help out the censors at YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, make sure that, that, uh, you know, people, you know, get, uh, are, are protected from, from dangerous messages. So I'm, I'm looking at the producers club. There's a lot of uh, comments in here, but I think they're, they're just kind of speculative. People telling me how awesome I am. Um, yeah, no, no, hold on. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about producer CJ as opposed to our guest CJ today. Those are two different people, obviously. Um, but uh, let's see. There's, there, there's a lot of people telling me in, in the producer's chat that, uh, that, that how, how awesome I am, how great government is. There's a lot of people just cheering, cheering on this message and, and, and backing us up. So I apologize for being distracted, but it's, it's worth, you know, listening to our producer's club and, and, and bringing those people into that, making sure that, that they're uh, they're brought into this. So again, finally, you go to adamlovestheman.com. That's right, this website right here, adamlovestheman.com. You can find out how to support us on Patreon and with merchandise. Uh, I know we've got a little rebranding work there to do, but we'll get to it eventually. So please check that out, adamlovestheman.com, our new website. 
and you can join the Producers Club for just $10 a month if you want to be a part of it there. Also, tomorrow being Friday, we're, I think we're going to do a Colin show. Be our first uh, status Colin show. So I'm going to, I'm going to, it's not going to be cat. No, no cat. Like today was Throwback Thursday. We're not doing casual Friday. No, and being casual wasn't the point. So I'm doing this. This is the message. I'm against, remember, Iraq veterans against the war. I'm against the Iraq war because it wasn't swift and efficient enough in killing people and bringing us closer to a global government, even though it was pretty good. Uh, it's taken way too long, and uh, we didn't do enough to bring American fascism to the people of Iraq. So with that being said, we will talk to you tomorrow. War and slavery, all choose obedience, and don't forget to report your suspicious neighbors to the authorities. Yeah.